Hi, Honeymooners. Natasha and I are coming to a city near you. And we'd love you to come see us and support us doing live stand-up comedy. As for me, I'm going to be going to the Comedy Club on State in Madison this very weekend for five shows. I love that club. I'd love to see you there. I'll also be at the Troubadour for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on May the 12th. That's just one night, one show, just me. But Natasha and I are going to be doing a live Endless Honeymoon podcast taping for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on the 4th of May. Then I'm going to the Punchline in Philadelphia. That's in July. Would love to see you there. I'm going to be going to the Punchline in Sacramento in August. And I'll be going to the DC Improv uh, the weekend before the election, before we figure out what hell we hath wrought. Come see me at any of those dates. Oh, yeah, one more. I'll be at the Bell House in New York on July the 11th. I'd love to see you there, New York City. Natasha, you got anything? Why don't you come see me in Brea? If you live in Orange County, I think that's Orange County. I don't even know, but come to Brea. I'll be there in April. I'll also be at the Chicago Improv in April. And if you can't see me in Chicago, why don't you come to Tempe in May? Tempe, Arizona. I'll also be in Boston, but that's not till October. I think I might take the summer off. Go to NatashaLegero.com. Or MosheCasher.com. And get some tickets. To see the both of us. And also make sure that you come to our Patreon-supported Dinner party this Sunday. That is on St. Patrick's Day. What else are you doing? It is a dumb holiday. I'm sorry. If you are not yet a member of the tier that gets you into the dinner parties, go ahead and upgrade. Upgrade that. You could downgrade afterwards. I mean, we don't have real rules. Order your corned beef and cabbage from the local pub. DoorDash that shit to your house. Yep. Log on. 6 p.m. Come mess with us. It's a really great way. Pacific. To connect to the community of the Endless Honeymoon Podcast and also to connect to your lovely hosts. Welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. Hi, everybody. Um, uh, Before we get started, uh, just wanted to say a real thank you to our listeners. Um, To be honest with you, the toothbrush, toothbrush gate as we've come to call it, um, was hard for me. It was hard for me to deal with and um, to get so thoroughly chastised and Jessica chastained in that way was a humbling experience. And uh, to know... If you don't know what Moshe's talking about, it's when everyone felt that I um, shouldn't have to just let him use my toothbrush whenever he wanted. And I've amended that behavior. You have never used it. My toothbrush is never sopping wet when I go grab for it's it. It's sparkling dry. <laughs> and I, I took I took in the um, admonishments of our listeners and uh, uh, with, a, with a, an, a humility, I would say, that would impress anyone. It was the kind of humility that uh is for the ages it was a it was an, a one-of-a-kind once-in-a-generation humility that i displayed in the face of all that criticism and that brings me to today um this last week we did have a secret um a secret that natasha thoroughly ethically co-signed where uh it was called scoop finger and natasha the secret lever said that she was um having unprotected sex with her husband who had expressed an explicit disinterest in having children at that time. And what she would do is she would collect the spermatozoa, the sperma, sperma fluids, and uh, scoop them with her finger into her v- vagina in order to deceitfully create a pregnancy. 
with someone who she's been with for 10 years, who she's married to, who they want children, he just says he's not ready yet. Right. He says he's not ready yet. No one's ready to have kids. You said that last time and it's not true. Some people are ready to have kids. For example, we went together and decided to... No man who thinks he can wait wants... One, you know, as long as you think we didn't, we knew we didn't have any more time. Everyone wants to expect extend the time, but then the woman, these are her most fertile years. So, like, what if she has to go down at IVF at some point so, because of this? So, right now, what you're experiencing, listeners, <laughs> is a person who had an equal amount of uh, overwhelming tsunami of non co signing of your take. And rather than display the kind of um, breathtaking humility that I was able to apply to Toothbrush Gate, Natasha is choosing to double down on a position <laughs> that she doesn't even know she believes. Uh, and, and, and that's okay. You know, we all develop in our own way. But what I will say to our listeners is that you're, the degree to which you said I was right the degree to which you said Team Moshe, even some of the haters, even some of the people who out there that say, I never listen to Moshe, I never agree with Moshe, it pains me to say this, even some of them. And that means even more to me, honestly, than the regular um, critical thinkers that listen to our podcast who always agree with me, the more emotionally um, driven uh, to support Natasha people, uh, without listening to the, the point, which is almost always uh, correct on my perspective, came over to Team Moshe. Came over to my side and said, absolutely not. You don't scoop finger because that's deceitful. Now, I had one person in the comments. Natasha, jump in whenever you whenever you want. I know that I'm filibustering over here. Oh, that's what that means. Yeah, well, it's what it used to mean. It means something else now. Anyway, right. speaking of filibusters, this woman would take the fill of her man's buster <laughs> and scoop it into her <laughs> vaginal cavity and here's the thing i had somebody in the comments there was one person that supported you and she was um this this person was saying that uh that the bigger point is that he should have worn a condom if he really didn't want kids because the oh yeah because they were doing pull out pull out method and she said that's not even a form of birth control first of all uh i had a wonderful moment where she said go look it up on planned parenthood i did it's listed as a form of birth control now that felt good here's what i learned (laughs) Uh, Natasha, beyond just being able to slam that person in our comments, do you know how effective the pullout method is? Mm. No. It's between 73 at the low estimate and 96% effective if done correctly. I feel like the part where it's not done correctly is when you don't pull out. You know, it just feels too good and you, you keep You wait stroking. a little bit, a little too long. A couple strokes too long and you got a little bit of a half a bust. Now, 73% to 90s forget the 96 let's say that's too much 73% effectiveness and you don't have to wear a condom i mean i would be willing during my fertile years i would have been willing to risk that small a percentage of getting somebody pregnant if it meant i never had to wear a condom there and by the way before you ask any questions no there are no other reasons to wear a condom other than preventing pregnancy that's the only reason the one and only reason wait before you move on i have a question what is the correct pull out method as a man do you have to like as soon as you feel the orgasm do you have to immediately take your penis out and then start stroking it furiously yeah that's what it said on the planned parenthood (laughs) site 
it said immediately that when you feel it coming on, take it out and start stroking <laughs> your penis furiously. What's the correct way? I, I bet you were good at it. That's a great question. I almost never, in my years of um, philandery, I almost never had unprotected sex. I would say probably 5% of the time I had unprotected sex while I was doing my thing. And the times that I did have unprotected sex, um, I was, yeah, the moment I would feel it coming on, I would take it out. And I have to say that that's probably what goes wrong is that you're in there and you're like, I think I could get like two more strokes. That Those extra two pumps are yep. what make you do it incorrectly. I, and that is how little Jimmy was born, you know? Right. But I think 73. Oh my God. How many kids out there are just extra pumps? Uh, a little extra pump kid. Oh, that's sad. But you know what? Once they come, then you go. Then you're happy. Exactly. Yeah. My point. So that's why I think Scoop Finger is okay. No, you... If you're married and in a relationship and planning to have kids, you already are trying to have kids together. That... He's just like, can I just have like one more year? You're not supposed to deceive your partner at all. But okay, let me, let me finish this woman's point. She said Scoop Finger won't work. Because the sperm start dying almost like seconds after they they hit the air. They got to be in the canal in order to swim toward the golden light. But the thing is, it doesn't matter. If there's any percentage chance that you, with a decision as massive and monumental as having a child, if there's any percentage chance that you are conceiving that child, you are forcing someone into that decision using deceit, then that kid is not only going to have a legacy that is fucked up and have a father that resents him, but also you've betrayed your partner. And also you've done something you sexually... You don't tell him. You just say I'm pregnant because you use the pullout method, but dude. We're not trying to figure out whether or not he'll find out. We're trying to find out whether or not it is ethical. And it is not ethical. And you know this because... <laughs> speaking of percentages, 87% of respondents in the poll agreed with are on Team Moshe. You're just wrong here. and it, it Also, once the baby comes, the woman's going to be doing all the work anyway. So, so if she what? wants to have a baby with her husband and they're planning on having kids and he's just being a little bitch about it, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be really easy to be like, oh, my God, I'm pregnant. And then in like three months, he'd be stoked. So, folks, <laughs> I mean, this is what like I don't want. I don't like using the word toxic femininity, but this is it. And I action. do not feel the same if it was reversed. <laughs> what this is folks is this is natasha being unwilling to re-examine a position having been chastised as opposed to let's say let's say a, a toothbrush situation where well, that was like 99 percent on my oh side. so the percentage is what's causing you to triple down on your i think toxic i think probably position women a lot of women would agree with me but they might not say it why would they wouldn't chime in in the chat they it was an anonymous poll it's a you click yes or no but they what they're they, they didn't they think, filled a poll out incorrectly listen every situation is unique no not every situation is unique some situ- they're together for a decade they're married this is crazy natasha <laughs> But it gives you a little bit of insight, honestly, to our home life, guys. Like, By the Nat- way, I would never do when this. Natasha and I have real fights, none of them of which are actually on the podcast. But when we fight about real stuff, I, every time, am humble, thoughtful, considerate. 
I change my position and I apologize and I immediately admit what I'm wrong. And Natasha, 100% of the time, doubles down on her position and then strikes me. Often. 100% of the time? And often it'll end in her striking me physically. Oh my God. So just that's a little insight into our relationship. All right. Well, listen, uh, I'm sorry that... Listen, it's not like it's something that I think I condone. I'm just saying if I'm going to take a side in this, that's the side I would take. The side of the liar. The side of the cheater and the liar. I'm not. Con- I'm not. I'm so not you look at a you look at a couple. One man suggesting is suggesting people do this. One man is laying on the on the bed in postcoital bliss, just like oh, I love my wife. I can really trust her. The other woman is tiptoeing like a Pink Panther villain with a glob full of nut on her index finger into the bathroom to go slop it into her. And you're like, that's who I'm with. You know what? Let's take a call. That's a fair fair enough, ladies and gentlemen. The Endless Honeymoon Podcast is about to take an advice call. Hey, Tosh. Yeah, Mosh. Do you have any New Year's resolutions? Uh, I'm just trying to, like, get a little more healthy. Healthy, you say? Yeah. Can I recommend vitamins? Oh, God. I am just... I really do need to get a better regimen going. Well, the problem with vitamins is that it's so difficult to figure out what you're even supposed to take and which one's the right one for you. And that's why we want to recommend to you this company called Care Of. It's a subscription service that ships high quality, personalized vitamins and powders conveniently to your door every month. Take a short, in-depth quiz about your health goals and lifestyle and get personally tailored recommendations based on your answers. You can stick with what Care Of recommends or change up your pack at any time. That's the cool thing. You take this super easy quiz. We took it. It's like It takes like two minutes to take. And then they tell you based on the answers you give what would be a good sort of regimen of vitamins for you. And then they send them to you. It's pretty awesome. We definitely recommend it. And we've got 50% off to offer you from your first order of Care Of. You just go to TakeCareOf.com and enter the code HONEYMOON50. For 50% off on your first Care Of order, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter code HONEYMOON50. Hi, Tosh. Hi, Mosh. How you going? I'm going good. You know, I want to tell you about... Okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. But here's the thing. Every month, we get this package from KiwiCo, which is this super awesome company. And they send us these little books with this cute little koala named Kellen and his adventures with his friends. And then there are these corresponding games. It's like a, a crate, right? Right. Well, when we first had the kid, too, I didn't know what to do with her. And I didn't really like know what kind of activities I was supposed to be playing with her. And so then we so I, I found about this subscription service. And just every month, they would just give me a new thing to do with her. And... And I think it's so cute. I love it's it. It's so cute. She looks forward to it. So basically the point is we want to tell you about KiwiCo because if you have a kid in your life and you don't exactly know how to engage with them in terms of education and fun at the same time, you're just looking for something new. KiwiCo is awesome. They send you a crate and they it's got all kinds of objects, science, chemistry, cooking, geography, culture from new places, brand new art and design techniques, everything in this little cart every month. It's really, really awesome. So your child can get super cool, hands-on science, art, and geography projects delivered right to their door every month. And KiwiCo does all the legwork for you to find creative ways to keep your children busy and challenged. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I don't know how to, I don't know, you know, what the best things to be teaching my kid at the, you know, and it's all age appropriate. And then you can spend the quality time 
doing the projects with your kid, not like trying to figure out what to buy or go at Target or something. I tried to show her Friday the 13th. She didn't <laughs> respond to it. But the day that that box arrives is her favorite day of the month. She loves it so much, and I know that you will too. So just go to KiwiCo.com and enter the promo code HONEYMOON, and you'll get 50% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line. Redefine learning with play and get 50% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate with code HONEYMOON at KiwiCo.com. K-I-W-I-C-O.com. Promo code HONEYMOON for 50% off. It's not just for little kids. They've got boxes for every age, and they are just so awesome. We cannot recommend this company enough. KiwiCo.com. Okay, now we're going to talk to Tom in Vancouver. Hi. How's it going? Good. How can we help you? Um, Okay, so my situation is that I got a crush on uh, someone I met through school, but they are like 100% taken. And I don't know what to do. I feel like I know the answer, but I just want to I mean, see you, you need someone ever- to masturbate to. <laughs> so why not choose us? <laughs> you know, they say, they say if you can't jerk to the one you love, jerk the one that you called into their podcast. Um, <laughs> wait, what? When you say you think you know what to do, what 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 is the answer that you I have mean, come up with? Isn't it usually like just move on, distance yourself, and like run as far away as possible? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. What what is it about this person that makes you have such a crush? Did, did have they been giving you energy as well? No, no. Like uh, I'm just assuming like they are happy in their relationship and they're not giving off any signals. Um, but like, I, I mean. I, I do enjoy their like companionship, like as a friend, but like I, I don't know where like that seems to be a dangerous game to play, as far well, as I can tell. Let me ask you this: Do you have a best friend, like a classic best friend? Um, or just a close old friend? Do you have an old friend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And is that person the the gender that you like to sleep with? Uh, yes. Now, do you want to fuck that person? No. So that's what a friend feels like, right? A friend is actually somebody (laughs) who you're like, yeah, that's actually my friend. A friend generally is not someone where you're like looking through their Instagrams, crying at night while masturbating. Like... (laughs) That's not friendship. I don't wishing they're they're a significant other ill will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sending malware right. to their uh, to their <laughs> to their partner, hoping that they'll move out of the state. Well, it's, it hasn't gone there yet. Um. <laughs> I just think, yeah, I I've never unless it's some strange situation where like they're really putting it out there, and you think they might be trapped in a relationship, right. and no, you're not friends it... with the other person. I mean, if it, I, every situation's unique, but this just kind of sounds like. You know, you know, it's probably not going to happen and that's okay. And, you know, just try to use it for your nighttime stuff. Your nighttime stuff. Here's what I always think, Tom, when it comes to unrequited crushes. I've never really understood it, to be honest. It's like, don't you think that you deserve, you, Tom, cute Tom, Canadian Tom even, very desirable citizenship right now. (laughs) Don't you think that you deserve to have a crush on someone for whom there is any energy coming back? Like, 
what is yeah. it about a person right. that is unavailable and not flirting with you that makes you think <laughs> that's my that could be my person like you should find somebody where they like you yeah i know i mean like logically yeah that all makes sense it's just you know i mean like i we are friends at this point. Um, has he done anything or have they done anything that has made you like kind of think they were flirting or not, not even? Um, Tom's in there trying to like go through his Rolodex and figure out any moment where actually a romantic thing might yeah, have just sort like, of occurred. Let me just well, the, flip through my logs. <laughs> what, what is it that you guys are in school for together? Uh, it's, it's uh, I don't get too specific, but we're in grad school. So it's like a smallish program mm. is it a oh you don't want to get too specific okay i won't pry i won't pry but uh okay then that joke just will die tom okay moving <laughs> I'm on sorry no that's okay that's okay it's more important that you don't get busted out by the <laughs> canadian consulate for this uh you know binocular based stalking that you're doing to your fellow grad student than that i get one bad joke going no i think that Moshe has a good point that you know you deserve to be like in a fun flirty relationship and unrequited right. love is exhausting and unless you're going through like a morrissey phase or something and you just kind of want to like write poems is that what you're in grad school for because if okay if you're in grad school you don't have to answer if you're in grad school for poetry then you should continue to long and pine for her True. <laughs> right or him or yeah we still haven't we, you're a very vague person and i like that tom you, we don't know anything about you and in fact the wall of your room is so stark i'm terrified for whoever this person that you have your eyes on because it's a little bit disturbingly serial killer it's not art not a plant nothing but anyway if it's poetry stick with it pine for this person if it's the sciences or something like or economics or something like that move along you'll find somebody cool you're cute you it's, seem like a sweet and uh, pleasant fellow and you don't want to become jaded by like harboring these feelings Ooh. of unrequited love you know you, you want to kind of uh you know, leave there, leave a little space in your life for someone who's real. I love what Natasha, what you're saying, because it's true. You can become like in love with your own pining. It can become this like romantic, uh, and the feedback loop is one person long where you're just like me, I am sad. And there's no one for me to talk to because the one person that could doesn't have any, and it becomes this like feedback loop of you. Like it's masturbatory. And you don't want to masturbate. Rumination. You don't, yeah, you don't want to masturbate. You want to intercourse. You need to find somebody with whom you can intercourse. That's our advice to you. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so like, would you, so the, the problem is like, I have like maybe two friends in this program now. Um, and this person is one of them. So I, you're trying like, to transition I, it. You're like, how do I still keep them as a friend? I see that yeah, is a little tricky. Yeah. But I do think you have to just be very respectful. Don't ever just don't go the extra mile, you know, like right. try to kind of keep it like balls in their court always with social stuff. And like, yeah, I, I think like, unfortunately, you've walked down the path. You've allowed yourself to go down the path enough emotionally where it's like they are not your friend anymore. Now they are your your interest. No, but he the the other person in his class thinks they're friends. You yeah, and I don't think you should diss the person. I'm just saying you might want to just I pull back 20% because you pulled you leaned in 100% and this is what happened. So you pull back a little bit and you focus on people that are interested in you and you focus on the possibilities in front of you. And by the way, by the time you start, this will pass. 
crushes fade unless you feed them. You know, there's an old Native American tale, and it says, you see that, the, the elder says to his son, you see those two crushes over there? There's two crushes inside of you. Which one... Anyway, this is a... Is this a joke? I'm sorry. Yeah, it's a bad joke. It's about that... What's that thing about the wolf? Which one do you feed? The point that I'm trying to make in a joke that didn't land is that the less energy you give to a crush like this, eventually the less oxygen it will have to grow. Because crushes that are one way are like a... They are by nature a figment of your imagination, right? And so the more imagination you pour into them, the bigger they become, the more, you know, like fantasy that you can engage in. But the more you turn and say, not an option, I'm going to go figure out who, who's actually interested in me, eventually, they will maybe be able to transition into a friendship. But it fucking sucks to have to be like in the same room with someone who is your physical ideal and it's extremely hard to not fantasize about it, but what can you do? Right. Really? Yeah, yeah. You just I mean, have it's to like, like it's, yeah, yeah buck, buck up, I yeah. guess. It's not even like it's more than physical at this point. Like it's just like I enjoy spending time with them. Like that's about as good as it gets, right? Yeah, you're in the you are in the uh, infatu you are in infatuated with this person. <laughs> yeah. That's the word for it. You're infatuated <laughs> yes. with them. Yeah. And to me, like definitely you're in a I mean, I assume your grab... Oh, you said it was small. Your grab program is small, so you don't really have the option of, say, of ghosting that person and moving into yeah. a new zone. But you do have the option of telling yourself, like, what's real and acting accordingly. You know, this is not a romantic person that is possible for me, and I'm going to move on, and I'm going to probably try not to spend time with them alone because it'll just torture me. Not because you don't like the person uh, or, or think they're bad for you. It'll torture you. It, you will be in there, and you'll be like... And the bigger thing is, if you go in there and you keep like staring at them, you know, with that like butterfly, you know, heart pounding longing, eventually they're going to be like, oh, Tom's like, Tom's got a thing for me. It's going to make them uncomfortable. I mean, listen, it's possible they'll go, Tom's got a thing for me. I've got a thing for Tom and then leave their person. <laughs> That's possible. But more likely, they'll go, Tom's got a thing for me. Now I'm uncomfortable. Now you've shifted the weirdness into their court. And they, they were very clear about where they were coming from because they have a partner. So I just think you got to do some disciplining. What do you think? I said it. Yeah. I think it's hard. Okay. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's just know this. The sooner you can get it out of your mind and train your yeah. mind a little bit more, the better off. I'll tell you this. Okay. Natasha, when I first met her... Um, I always, you know, like had like a not not a real crush, but like a, you know, oh, that's interesting. But she was with somebody. And so in my mind, very, I've never been an, uh, hold on, let me get out. It's a light. I've never been a big, um, I'm going to be into someone that hasn't expressed any interest in being into me person. But in my mind, when somebody had a partner back then, I go, oh, that's too bad. And I move on. Ten years later, they weren't, she wasn't with her partner anymore. And then. Now look, we're married and we have a family and we're uh, we are approaching the end of our relationship. Yeah, but we had some good years. So my point is, you don't know what the future brings, but trying to force something that isn't there, you do right. know what that brings. That brings a disaster. Okay. So then, uh, just like a follow up, like you would not recommend like telling this person and like having them be like no as a strategy of getting rid of this uh, crush. 
I think it's a little weird because they have a significant other and that's a lot to put on someone. Mm-hmm. I think right. if, if you were in a position where they were pressing you, I think you could say it. But just offering it up, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't personally. Well, uh, here's the thing, Tom. This is the, the one situation where I would say absolutely you should do that is if this person was a person who you'd been friends with or in grad school with for years and years and years, they were a dear old person in your life and and you developed these feelings and they were interfering with your ability to get back to your relationship with that person. But that's not this person. Mm-hmm. She's right. so like, it's, it's, you're interfering with, uh, he's interfering with your... Uh, there, dis- we, don't, we, we don't know anything <laughs> about know, Tom. We don't know anything about Tom and I like that. He's, no, he's a mystery to us. This person is interfering with Tom's ability to get a relationship going with them. (laughs) That's right. The opposite. That's exactly right. It's not that you need to admit this so that you can get back to being friends with them. It's that you need to squelch this so you see if you ever will become friends with this person. Like they, the relationship with this person is not deep enough that it necessitates a, a, a frank conversation where you say, look, I'm having a problem, which is that I've developed feelings for you, and I know that you're unavailable, and I either need to take some space from you or find some way to get past this. But you're not there. I, I hear it. It's a, tempta- it's a temptation to be like really honest and mature and say, here's where I'm at. But I think that I think that that would be a little bit weird. And like Natasha said, all of a sudden you're dropping the onus of your crush in their lap. They didn't do anything. All they did was be nice. And you're like... Here's the consequences of that. <laughs> well, good luck, honey. I'm sorry, but you'll meet someone else. Okay. And we're gonna right. we're gonna Google. Uh, we're gonna do like a one of those uh, background checks on you uh, after this to get to the really the bottom of who you really are, what you're in school for, who you date, what's your background, and why you don't have any artwork on your walls. We're gonna figure <laughs> you out, Tom. Okay. Bye. Good luck. Okay. Thanks. I was going to say I understand where this guy's coming from, but the truth is I really don't. Like, I've never in my life had or understood the idea of developing feelings for someone that has never given you any energy from which to develop those like feelings. You're acting like you control if something turns you on. Well, no, it's not, it's, it's not about turning. I've definitely been interested in people that weren't interested or in me. someone turns you on or something. No. I'm saying I've been interested in people that were not interested in me. Unbelievably rare. Yeah, definitely it was. Obviously, most of the time when I said I was interested in someone, they were like, oh, my God, I've been waiting for this moment. That's what happened with you. But what I'm saying is the moment that I was interested in someone and I kind of like started to flirt with them or give them energy. And then I got feedback back that that person was like, I'm not I'm I'm in a relationship or I'm not interested in you. I would just be like, "Okay, I'm out. Like what? what is the next step where somebody's not flirting back with you or is in a relationship and you're like, I'm going to just continue to kindle these feelings. You keep thinking that maybe they'll flirt with you. But that's to me. You keep thinking they hand you the pencil and then like touch you or something. To me, that thing is the. It's wishful thinking. It's just not relatable to me. Have you had unrequited crushes like that? Of course. Really? You just sure. Seem, it just doesn't seem like you, Natasha. Well, you know, it's like I've I've, I've been around. You definitely have. <laughs> I read I read the uh, Reddit the the Reddit forum about it. It's wild. Um, Natasha, should we listen to a couple of secrets? Yeah, let's do it. Hey, Moshe. Hey, Natasha. I've got a secret for you. I not told anybody this. I'm 34 years old, and this happened when I was 17. 
16, um, this girl I was dating in high school was being a very bad girlfriend. And um, over time, her mom noticed that she wasn't being super cool. I'm not really sure how it got here, but her mom ended up giving me head a couple of times um, <laughs> right before we broke up. Uh, never told a soul about that, and I don't plan on telling anyone else. Just thought this would be a good opportunity to get it off my chest. And yeah, uh, got a head from a mother and daughter same day. Pretty crazy. <laughs> anyway, love the podcast. Oh. Okay, okay. I'm so upset that there You're, that there's a mom that acts like that. Oh, I'm not. I'm so stoked, dude. When you said the word mom, I was like, "Please." But how old was he? He wasn't a kid. Wait, was he? 18? Did he say the age, Laura? I think he said 17. Ooh. Okay, so he was 17. Ooh, 17. So the mom mm, this is This is less getting less ethical by the minute. Mm. The mom and and the the girlfriend brings over her boyfriend and the mom sucks his dick in the same day. Corners him into a corner, into some private place where her daughter she sends the daughter on an errand yeah. so she can suck her daughter's boyfriend's dick. What's crazy about it is that I've seen a movie that has this exact plot. What? Um, it's I, I don't know. It's on porn. It's on Pornhub. But I've seen this film. No, listen. The fact that he's That's seventeen. So the fact that he's seventeen puts it into an ooky area of like predatory. You know what? Honestly, I'm gonna admit this is not an ethical set of behaviors. Oh, and I don't think it's his fault. But it's hot. A little bit. A, <laughs> a little bit. It's it's a kind of hot scenario. But the seventeen thing that kind of walks it out. Also, I the caller. I don't think it's your fault. But I just the fact that a woman took advantage of you like that. I just find it very upsetting. That is there so. There are people out there like that. That is so funny that you thought he was calling in like. What you heard was him going, and I just, I got head from the mom, and I just, I'm not sure if it's my fault or whose fault it is. But in fact, the guy, he's bragging. he was like, and I got head from the mama and the daughter, same day. Anyway, I mean, look, yeah, this is an ethical quandary. This is bad news, but it's also um, the fulfillment of probably every boy's fantasy. It's intense. You think it's intense? Imagine if I did that. If you did that to who? One of to our, our daughter's, daughter's friends? boyfriends when she's seventeen. <laughs> you're right. You're totally right. I'm like, I, honey, could you? No, could you run to the Seven Eleven and and get me some uh, some creamer? You know what? You're right. It's you can't some coffee, mate. Yeah, this is it's a it's a it's not good. And then I corner her her boyfriend. I'm like, we only have five minutes. And I've I, noticed that you're that my daughter's not being a very good girlfriend. Right. Yeah, right. All right, all right, fine. It's not cool. Uh, <laughs> let's play another secret. Hey guys, um, I don't know if this counts as a juicy secret. I just can't imagine telling anybody in my real life. Um, there's this guy I've been interested in. He's actually my old boss. And I knew he'd be responsive if I reached out. So I waited until the planets were aligned favorably with significations for good communication and love uh, to be represented in like the planetary system that represents partnerships. Um, it sounds like schizophrenia as I say this out loud, 
but um, it's going really well so far, and I might be a witch. So um, that's my secret. Don't get me committed. I love you guys so much. Bye. So what exactly was she following? The tarot, like free will astrology in the back of the weekly? What's what's her... You know, I don't, I don't. Mercury retrograding, the cycles of the moon. Was she, what did she say exactly? I don't know. There's this whole school right now of like white paganism, spirituality that, you know what? If it works for you, I I say. I kind of like it, to be honest. Well, yeah, you're the target demo. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm, I'm just, uh, I like the idea of, of rituals. Yeah. New, and I like the idea of new rituals and I like the idea of like learning about um, the, the planet. Well, my thing, my the ocean, ritual, the moon, my ritual know. was when I was young is when I would have a partner, I would try to seduce her mom. <laughs> and that was my ritual. But I would wait until the planets were aligned. All right. One more secret. Hello, Moshe. Hello, Natasha. Here's my secret. I am a married heterosexual male. And I have always been plagued with a pretty run-of-the-mill sexual appetite. Um, as a matter of fact, mid- missionary position is my favorite. Um, it is not until recently that I have been blessed in my late 30s with a fetish. And all credit goes to my wonderful, very loving, beautiful, underslept, wife who is still recovering from our recent birth of our second child for she has no idea that she's driving me absolutely wild with her ginormous milk engorged breasts and i am just gaga over those tatas and she has no idea uh as a matter of fact um i have made a every opportunity to see um her hand expressing and pumping because i am saving that in the spank bank so yeah uh all credit goes to my poor dear wife who is recovering and uh giving life to our baby boy so yeah that's my secret i love the pod as all people say um and uh, yeah, keep doing what you're doing and happy secrets. Wait a minute. This this guy's a fucking freak. This guy is a fucking pervert. You're telling me, dude, that what turns you on is big engorged breasts? <laughs> it's like, are why you... Why can't he tell his wife? Yeah, I, totally. Why can't he be... Why can't he tell her like your tits are like really turning me on? I Wouldn't that honestly, dude... Make her feel good. It would exactly. In a, in a time of physical vulnerability right after childbirth, I can't imagine a thing a woman would want more than just like, oh my God, I'm so turned on by you right now. Maybe I guess she, you wouldn't want him to go overboard because then you'd be like, wait, you know, my tits are pretty small usually. So are you not attracted to me? Right. You could say something like usually they're just little little nubs, but now... They're like the slopes of my desire. I mean, you got to get in there, dude. This is your one chance. Like, how many more kids are you going to have? Like, you got to, you got to, you got to, definitely got to do the TF. What's that? Oh, yeah, the titty fuck. Yeah, you got to. You got to. Get a little bit of dairy going on in there. I mean, she's going to love it if you tell her that she's never been more, you've never been more attracted to her. I mean, she's going to love it. 
Also, let's just say how cute he is. He was cute. He was very like he like is so turned on, like genuinely turned on by his wife. I mean that it, that just that alone is unrelatable. <laughs> I know what you mean. She's very lucky. Yeah, he's a sweet guy, and I think and he, he's really honoring her and her role. And totally, he really he really seems to get that the woman does all the work. I, I like that. Oh my lord! <laughs> but yeah, I think you should tell her too. I'm with Natasha on this. I think that that would really make her feel good to to feel. Desired desirable in that matronly role she I, what a gift oh and don't tell her it's don't tell her it's just because the tits yeah yeah, yeah. Be like your body is really turning me on mm-hmm. i don't know why and the milky thing i mean you want her she's gonna be up there riding you like a cowgirl and then she's gonna be squirting just squirting all over talking about got milk no no isn't you know missionary? got milk got milk the ad campaign from the early, from the late 90s early 2000s she'll be like got milk while she's there having sex that'd be funny right that's a good one right mm-hmm. got milk anyway Natasha, yeah. do you want to do another call? Yeah, let's do it. Should we do two, Laura? How long has it been? Okay, yeah, two. Okay, now we are going to call Kaylee in Seattle. Hey, Tosh. Yeah, Mosh? Have you ever been on a date, and I hope it has not been in the last seven years, but have you ever been on a date and it's going well, and then all of a sudden you just, they say something and it's like a giant deal breaker? Oh, uh, yeah, like... Like they say that they don't vote. Yeah, but no, I mean like a deal breaker. Uh, Not something cool like that they don't vote, but something <laughs> bad. Well, uh, thanks to the date. I'm trying to think of what a deal breaker for me would be. Can you think of anything? Uh, I don't like when people brag. Like what? You know, if they like know, like know a famous person or brag how much money they have or would, would you rather, some job they got or they always talk about themselves. What if they're bragging about how they don't vote, like something cool like that? <laughs> anyway, the point is, <laughs> thanks to the dating app OkCupid, you may never have to be in that situation again because OkCupid finds people that you are most compatible with. Here's how it works. The OkCupid app learns what's important to you by asking you questions. Then the app's one-of-a-kind algorithm pairs you with people that care about what you care about, like reproductive rights or not voting for Trump or voting for Trump. I mean, honestly, <laughs> they have to date too. In fact, did you know that OkCupid is the only dating app in the world that lets you filter out singles that don't care about the issues you care about from climate change to making dabs legal? I guess they already are. <laughs> Who knows? The point is, if you're somebody who's passionate about something and don't want to date a deal breaker, Go to OkCupid. It's time to find your person. Download the dating app OkCupid today. Kaylee, what's happening? How are you? Hello, my name is Kylie. 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 (laughs) I I get that a lot. Don't worry. Hi, Kylie. Kylie, what's up? Um, Yeah, uh, so I wanted to call in because I've kind of got this like weird question. Yeah. Um. I've, I love your guys' stand-up, and I've heard you guys kind of talk about your parents. So uh, my weird question is, is how do you break up with your mom? Like, um, How long have you guys been fucking? Uh, I've been co-parenting her child for the last 18 years. So, Is it you or it's your sibling? No, it's my sibling. I have a younger sibling. I got it. Well, let's, I mean, obviously, we need more info. Why do you want to break up with your mom? Well, I mean, not to get too much into details, but like... No, why would you? You just called our podcast. (laughs) That's fair. Um, Her personality is really abusive and like, it's not going to change. Like, uh, my family loves her. Yeah, go ahead. She says things to you that are hurtful. Um, Yeah, but it's also like she's untrustworthy and like, uh, 
she's not good with money and like she hasn't had a job most of my life. Mm, and like, mm. does she, does um, she kind of prey on you a little bit? Oh yeah, absolutely. And she does it to my younger brother too. So it's like how, like if he wants to have his relationship with her, that's fine. But like, if I want a kid, like there's no way she can ever like mm. meet them or see them. So it's like, how do you like start doing that now? Right. Before things actually get to that point. Do you live in the same city? No, thank God. <laughs> I That's moved good. away. So I've already started, but it's mm-hmm. like, how do you like say to that boundary? Like, okay, I'm actually going to like stop talking to you now. Kind of thing. How, okay. I got some more questions. Um, mm-hmm. Is she hot? No, I'm kidding. Uh, how far a- uh, away does she live and how often do you communicate with her now? Um, I probably communicate with her maybe once or twice a year. Uh, she lives 1200 miles away from me. So I did a very good job of getting out Mm -hmm. of there. And like my brother is going to move up here with me too. So it's a lot, it's, it's a lot easier for me to kind of like, um, like it is easy to like, just stop talking to her, but I guess it's like, how do you like say that boundary to her? Like, Hey, I'm really going to like step out of your life without trying to be rude, but then Mm -hmm. also like, Telling that for myself too, right? I have an important question. Is your brother, does he want to do this too? He's still on the fence about it. Like he, he doesn't, he loves her, but like he does not want to be around her at all. So. Okay. I have an instinct here. Now I don't have experience directly with this, but I have an instinct here just based on what you're telling me about her. I know, I know people like this, right? Now as a therapeutic tool, now any uh, therapy listener therapist listeners maybe they will disagree with me and say i'm giving you toxic advice but as a therapeutic tool it might be kind of interesting for you to say to her to set up your cogent and clear boundary and say mom you haven't been there for me and you've been you've been a disruptive influence in my life and i am officially telling you that you and i are no longer going to be in communication maybe that would feel on some immediate level good right mm-hmm. The based on what you're te- and and you it sounds like your mother deserves is kind of a useless word, but it sounds like this is a relationship needs to be ended, right? But yeah, but you're like ninety nine percent already have ended it, and the idea that you tell your mom who you don't talk to but two times a year and you live more than a thousand miles away from it's over and that she's not going to react with like her whatever the version of her dramatic atomic bomb that she can drop on your life whatever that is trying to triangulate your brother away from you not that it'll work but it'll be like a drama or you know you know call you incessantly cussing at you or come to where you live and throw a bo- whatever the her version her si- sick version of that is is probably not worth whatever, in my opinion, (laughs) cathartic experience you're going to have by saying out loud the words, I'm no longer talking to you. Now, you can say out loud the words, I'm no longer talking to her, to yourself, and it can be true, right? But I think you're so close to already having gotten her out of your life. I think you just take that one, one to two times a year and make it none. Don't call her. Just avoid her calls. And, and, and if, if she comes, if you see her because Mm. she's around your brother, like, what do you think sounds like a better move when she's around your brother? Let's say your brother invites her to, he moves and she comes Mm -hmm. to see him and you don't go see her. And then you, you happen to walk by her and she's like, Hey, and you go, hi mom. And then you leave or mama, you know, we don't talk and you keep, it just feels to me like just do, I know it's a weird advice, but I think ghost your mom. So too, I think I definitely agree. I think this is what I've been setting myself up for, but 
her, her parents are definitely a part of my life and her siblings are a part of my life. So it's hard to like ghost your mom when you're still like talking to everyone else in your family and they tell her things. Um, and then they also pressure you. Right. So they're like, you know, like they're like that toxic friend group around right. you. That's like, Oh, come on, give them a second chance. Like I, I have a question. No. Do you find, mm-hmm. is your mom mentally ill? Oh yeah. But so am I. So, I mean, <laughs> I was just wondering, like, do you imagine a world where you guys could get along? I think that that's kind of like, I would love to say like, Hey, I'll talk to you if you go to therapy, like, and we go to therapy together. Would but you like, like to go to therapy with her? Um, yeah, but I also don't know if it's worth it. You mm. know, I, don't I think know it would definitely be worth it. If, if, yeah. if you, well, she has to decide that, right? Exactly. But maybe that's another thing you can talk to her about, you know, maybe if she does, pre- maybe you ghost her, but then if she pressures you, like, why don't you talk to me? You can say like, you know, I would love to maybe speak, speak with you, speak with a therapist with you. I would find them if you'd be interested, but if not, it's just better for me if we don't communicate that much, you know, yeah. for my, for my mental health. Yeah. Cause because of COVID, just whatever you say, just blame everything on COVID. Co- I don't think COVID is going to do the <laughs> I trick know. here. I, the first thing you said was it's never going to change and you need to do this. So that's why I said maybe do the ghosting thing. Yeah. But it's now sounding a little bit like, and obviously, like you're of two minds. Like there's a part of you that like still holds out hope that you could get your mom to change or could uh, rearrange your relationship with her so that you guys could have some sort of functional working relationship, mm-hmm. if not loving and caring, at least, uh, you know, Functional, so that you can and talk. having a mediator is always very positive. So, if it's a good therapist. So, I have you ever told your mom explicitly, not in a fight, but in a co- non-fight way? You know, being in touch with you is just bad for me. Have you ever told her anything like that? Yeah. And how does that go? Uh, crying. She doesn't listen either. So like I'll, there's many times where I'll like explain like, Hey, could you do this for me? Can we do this? And she'll cry about how, how I, how I think she's a terrible mother. And then the next day it's just, Oh, why? Like, it's like, I haven't even had that conversation with her and that's how it is. Right. If it's too hard to handle, uh, it just doesn't exist. And, but that doesn't change her behavior. Right. So that's why it's like, I think I need to ghost her. I agree. I want to, but like, what do you, what do you say to your family that you want to have a relationship with? Like, mm. like you got to let me ghost this woman. Like you don't tell them. Yeah. Why are, why are, <laughs> why are grandparents involved in, in your immediate? Oh, cause they raised me. So I guess that's no, like, but I'm just saying, right? so what my mom's not involved with whether or not I talk to my brother. Like what, tell me the scenario. Okay. Bring, bring me the scenario where you're, where you have to, you've, made this decision ghost your mom and by the way it occurs to me um that you don't have to make a declaration that you're never mm. going to talk to your mom again you Fair. can just make a declaration like i'm just not- i just need some time some space and it could be a year it could be five years in in a year you might go you know what i miss my every two year fight with my mom <laughs> I, I don't know why but i miss it or, you could, or, or in a year you could be like oh my god i've never felt so free in my life i'm i'm extending this for another year and then who knows so so when you're tell me the scenario you're afraid of with your grandparents vis-a-vis your mom who you've now decided i'm going to take a year and not talk to her um they will uh alienate themselves from me to spend time with her mm-hmm. and they're at the end of their life so it's like you know you want those times but 
they'll just choose her. So it's like, I, I get it. It's their kids. So it's like, eh, I'd rather like still talk to them though, you know? I think you can do it all. And I think that <laughs> if your grandparents are ghosting you, you're just going to have to like ask them to hang out, you know, mm-hmm. and you'll have to make it a little easier for them. And you're saying, you know, you can say, grandma, listen, I miss you. I'm coming over with lunch. We're going to have lunch. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You just have to do that for a while, unfortunately. And I, it's, it's, it seems pretty obvious that everyone in the family kind of knows what's up with your mom. Yeah. So it's like, and if she really presses you, Granny, you can just say, listen, Granny, for my own well-being, I just need to like take space from mom, you know, like she really it's I want to I want to have a life of my own and I don't want it to be fraught with, you know, all the stress that she mm-hmm. brings to my life. And yeah, so I, I this is this is what happens in dysfunctional. You know, we all know because we all have some version of it. What happens in dysfunctional family, I unfortunately was the person, but you uh, you know, in a dysfunctional family, this person becomes the son in the family unit, and everybody rotates around the, uh, 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 around the solar system of this person's dysfunction mm-hmm. and becomes worshipful. Even though they all know it isn't working, they still are like living in service of it. And decisions right? yes. are made based on if this person is going to be okay with it or can this person handle it. And it's So you're deciding to break orbit, right? And like that might break orbit, honey. And that might have some consequences. It might have consequences yeah. that are really bad, which might mean up to and including that you will lose your relationship with your grandparent. I I don't think it will. I think Natasha's right that if you press the issue and just go, I want to have, I think you'll probably be okay. But you cannot control that, right? Mm-hmm. And you have to decide. You have to put on the number line. You have to do the equation. Is it worth the risk that that my grandparents will fully side with my mom and say, we can't talk to you until you talk to her in order for me to expel this person from my life? If the answer is no, my grandparents are more worth it to me than than not having this woman in my life, then you stay in touch with your mom until they pass away. If the answer is yes, no matter what, it's the best thing for me to get this person out of your life, then you make the decision and see what happens. And you got only you can figure that that out. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, good yeah, luck. You seem like a good you. daughter. And I'm sorry that you have to have this in your life because as a mother, you know, it is a cool relationship, the mother-daughter relationship. Mm-hmm. And hopefully you'll have a daughter one day and you can have like an ideal relationship and you will have broken orbit and right. you'll be able to maybe maybe that's what it's going to take. Maybe to have a great mother-daughter relationship or mother-child relationship in your future because um, you m- mentioned you wanted that, you you do have to break free of the cycle and start your new your new path. Or <laughs> of non dysfunction. You have a child and you recreate the exact scenario again <laughs> and just see if it works better this time. That's your other option. No, I think Natasha. <laughs> Nat- I'm trying to be funny, but you you seem like you're in a very hard situation. Yeah, I'm trying not tough. to lose my mind in my mid thirties for sure. That's I get a, that, and and you didn't get a good model on how to keep keep that mind not lost from the person that's supposed to show you. So, you know, this is tough stuff. And uh, I admire your courage for walking through it. Yeah, thank you. I hope that like, I don't know, I bet other people like have that like same type of like, especially during COVID too, like realizing being like, ah, oh, man, I haven't talked to my mom that much in two years. I kind of like that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 100%. I mean, it's oh, like- I, I have I have the best excuse in the world to not go visit her. <laughs> I mean, everybody has some version of this. Just yours is it sounds like a lot more difficult and a lot more, forgive me, toxic. Everybody has some version of this experience where you get to a certain age and you realize like, ah, my hero is human. 
And unfortunately, yeah. the humanity that your mom has been displaying to you is like not a great version of it. It's it's a bad version of human. And you got to take care of yourself, obviously, because who are you without yourself? But it's tough. And uh, break orbit. That's what we say. Okay. Break well, orbit. good luck, honey. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. All right, bye. Will you keep in touch with us and tell us how it goes? Yeah, absolutely. My brother graduates in May, so he's moving up with me then. So I'll, I'll send you guys an email. And I think 100% you're right that this is helpful to some of our other listeners and other people that are going through the same thing that don't have the same uh, level of development that you've gotten to. Because you're at the end a little bit of the cycle. And some mm-hmm. people are probably right in the middle of the fucking swirl, right in the center of the solar system. And so I'm sure it's really helpful to hear uh, your perspective. So thank you for sharing it with us. All right. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Goodbye. Oh, that was a tough one, huh? Yeah. I ah. guess everyone to to be born into like a great family, that seems like that would be so amazing. Well, luckily for us, our daughter has been. And uh she'll never, ever resent either of us for anything. That's so great. Uh and I'll never resent you for anything even even though you won't admit that you're wrong, even though you pretended that you like scoop finger, I will never ghost you. Do you know why? Why? Because I love you. I love you too.